Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade podcast. I'm your hostess, Gina Noble, and you can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. I'm joined, of course, by the fabulous fantasy crew of Mr. Magic Mike. You can find him on Twitter at Papa Bear Claw. Mike, say hello to your friends and fans and family. Hello. There's an underscore there, too. Yeah, you forgot the little line that lays down. Yeah, the little line on the bottom. Like that double dash that's on the floor. Mm-hmm. I feel like I never say the underscore. I remember okay, this time. I, it's at, it's at underscore Papa Bear Claw. Hello again. Is that better? Yes. We, we got it. We got it this time. It. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm killing it. You're killing something. <laughs> Moving on to, speaking of crushing it, Superman, our Superman of the podcast, at Clairvoyance on Twitter. FF. Nailed that one. Henry St. Clair. Hello, friends and fans and family. <laughs> the triple F. And phalanges, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, did I get that one wrong too? Yes. Oh, I did? Yes. <laughs> what is it? At Clairvoyance FF. No idea what she said. No FF. At Clairvoyance FF on Twitter. You can cut that and splice it and put it in the right place. You know it. <laughs> and of course, our king of the castle, Mr. Nick James. I'm getting this one right. It's Iowa in the NFL on Twitter. You got it. And say hello. Do I have to say hello to families in phalanges? You can say hello to anything you want and everybody you want, including phalanges. Hello, hello. From phalanges to fans to family, you can all find us on rankdrafttrade.com and of course on all podcast streaming platforms. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss a minute of this fun. Dang, I just saw Justin Fields ranks 33rd in the NFL in pass attempts. (laughs) There are 32 teams. (laughs) Okay, today in the podcast, we're going to do our best to look into the crystal ball of fantasy football and think ahead. Is what we've seen in weeks one and two going to continue? What will it look like come fantasy playoffs? What are we doing with some of these surprise players we're finding on our teams that we have drafted? But before we get into these questions, Of course, we're starting with Henry. Oh, broken news from last week. (laughs) All right, getting into broken news from last week. We'll start with the Buccaneers. Um, I don't think they currently, I think they have one wide receiver. I think that's Russell Gage that's left. So we've got Julio, who is injured. Chris Godwin, injured. He's out. Mike Evans went WWE last week, and he is currently suspended for a game. We have Russell Gage, wide receiver one. I'm pretty psyched where I drafted him in the Scott Fishbowl because it's definitely Russell Gage season. On top of that, they did sign Cole Beasley to yesterday, today, today. Last week. <laughs> Last week, actually. <laughs> Which Cole Beasley could come on and really do some damage. For a couple weeks till they get their weapons back. Yeah, but it's not like Cole Beasley is like a nothing. Yeah, but he won't be on the field a ton with the other guys they have. 
like Godwin, Evans, Julio, Gage. I mean, he's got to be like the fifth guy when they're all healthy. I mean, it's also worth noting that right. the only person we know for sure that will not be playing next week is Mike Evans. Yep. Like Godwin probably won't play, but That's everyone, true. anyone else can play. Yeah, but if they're bringing Cole Beasley on, let Godwin heal up a little more. Tells me that Brady was really mad at Scotty Miller. Or Russell Gage. Yeah, yeah well. Or, yeah, Perriman or someone. I mean, Perriman. <laughs> or maybe Rashad Perriman and Scott Miller isn't enough. Why? receivers to go into next week if everybody does miss, including Julio. Yeah. But if Julio's the only one active, it could be a really good Julio game. Yeah. Speaking of Tom Brady, I I want to interject this little um, moment. He has struggled first two weeks, which is not something we really see out of Tom Brady a whole lot because we see a lot of perfection out of Tom Brady, if I do say so. And it makes you wonder. I have heard some speculation about some things going on in his personal life. Perhaps Giselle wasn't real happy about him unretiring. You guys have any opinions on if we feel like Tom Brady is playing with some personal heaviness on the field, having some emotions playing into it. Maybe his head's not completely in the game. It's just not typical of the way he's been playing. No, I like uh, the Cole Beasley signing. I mean, despite what I just said about um, his position on the depth chart, he kind of does fit like the Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type mold. So potentially a slot guy, but they have a ton of slot guys already engaging God when it seems like. Um, so maybe a good play for like a week if you need some like fill in for an injury or suspension. I think if you already have Gage rostered, this could be a week where you could play him. He might make your flex depending on what you have. Yeah, and despite uh, Brady not putting up like the best fantasy points, they are 2 0. I think it's going to be a lot of defense and run game. Until they get the weapons back. I think it's just lack of weapons, right? Like Godwin not there last week, Julio not there last week. Yeah, I, I just think no Gronk. He hasn't needed to like throw the ball tremendously. It's like they've been close games. They won them. It's not like he had to come from behind or anything. You know, he wasn't like racing for points down the field the first week. He, they were chasing field goals the whole game. Okay. So we feel like his lack of numbers is just a matter of not having to throw the ball a whole lot. They've been effective in other ways. It feels like the world is ending right now, but I I think like in six weeks when everyone's there and healthy, it could be like these are distant memories and everything's back to normal with Brady. He's still just like his 44-year-old self. I certainly hope you're right because I have a lot of Brady, <laughs> especially in redraft. Brady's kind of a go-to because he's so tried and true in redraft and typically pretty consistent. Into infinity. Into infinity and beyond. The goat. Tua infinity? Tua infinity. <laughs> we'll get to Tua in a minute. Or we can do Tua now. No, no, we can't because two is later. <laughs> We've got some injuries. <laughs> of course, Trey Lance. Trey Lance, the poor guy, finally gets his opportunity and he breaks his ankle pretty significantly, has to have surgery, season-ending injury for him. It's certainly a good thing that they did not get rid of Jimmy G because he's he's like the, the penny that just keeps showing up Jimmy G back in the quarterbacking position. Quarterbacking, is that a word? I don't believe so. Yes. Okay. You can put ing on anything. Okay, okay. So Trey Lance is out with injury for the season. Jimmy G is in. Where do we rate him as far as quarterback? Same place I had him last year. Somebody who's also likely to possibly miss time because he does it every single year. 
quarterback too, a game manager, decent offense with some decent weapons. You'll have some games where he puts up decent numbers, but he's not going to be like a high-end quarterback one ever. And he's not a long-term piece. After this, they'll probably go back to Lance. Maybe he gets a contract somewhere, but with a deep 23 class, it's not going to be a lot of jobs open for him. Probably less than even like Mariota for me. I feel like Jimmy G is kind of a professional backup. I'm expecting at least at this point production similar to what would be like maybe the upside of like Goff and somewhat Daniel Jones downside of like Mac Jones as far as what you might expect so maybe like a low end two that occasionally gets a few touchdowns so he's a low end QB one occasionally. Wild that you just said the upside the uh, upside of Goff. <laughs> <laughs> it's not not the most ringing endorsement. Gross. I know I know I know he's doing well this year but it's, it's really funny to hear that right now. <laughs> it's got like the upside of Goff and the downside of Mac Jones. <laughs> Goff is not a player that necessarily inspires a lot of confidence yet he's produced some decent showings so far mm-hmm. so I think Jimmy G could be that where it's not necessarily like you're expecting big games but maybe every once in a while he gets three touchdowns and you know he's definitely worth starting. Oh yeah. Otherwise it's going to be between him and the other fringe guys for your QB2. Oh yeah. I like what you said. I just I found that little piece funny. Goff's like got up. I do find it interesting like man like what you said if Jimmy G goes down is Lance suddenly not done for season? No I think his ankle is like that bad. Yeah, he got surgery. He's done. That's what I assumed, but if it's like something where 10 weeks from now is still week 12, 13, 14, let's say he, Jimmy goes down here in two weeks, would Trey Lance potentially come back? I don't think so. So assuming that that doesn't happen, Jimmy G balls out. He's set to walk as a free agent. Do they bring him back? Not at the money he could probably get. I think it depends on the compensatory pick situation. Like if another team pays him decently, they get a pick, and then if he like plays or whatnot, I think also determines it. Last week, QB 15, only in limited time. I mean, relatively limited. He played most of the game. But I don't know if you guys saw the tweets and like the videos of the game, but it was like Lance gets sacked and it's like, ah, eh, whatever. Or like Lance gets injured. It was kind of like whatever. But Jimmy runs in a touchdown and there's like eight guys slapping him on the helmet. The whole team's hyped. I was saying it before the year and even last week that there are guys in that locker room that it's like Jimmy is their guy. Like they were okay with Lance and like of course they're gonna be coach says it's Lance so you know here we go they're gonna support him but it's like Jimmy G can almost add a boost to that team for as long as he plays well if he starts playing poorly who knows but yeah I don't know what it means for fantasy but definitely interesting so are these vets gonna be there next year yeah like Kittle is this gonna be a problem against Trey Lance for his eternity yeah, it's possible of a career that everyone just hates him because they liked Jimmy G more Trey Lance needs to just work on his smile yeah if Jimmy takes him back to the <laughs> postseason again and they like win some games or go to the Super Bowl with Jimmy again. What if they trade Trey Lance? Yeah, that's uh, something that seems like going around on Twitter. I think it's kind of similar to the love situation. I know I, I said that to some some boos at one point. Obviously, Lance got in earlier than love, but he could just be kind of sitting around for like a year. It, it again, depends on Jimmy G's contract, right? I, I don't think they can pay him 30 mil next year. So if another team comes in and offers him 20, 30, I don't think the Niners can keep him for that. I just don't see any kind of good scenario that comes from having both of them on the same team next year. Yeah, it's very possible. If you have some guys in the locker room that like one guy, some in the, that 
like the other guy and you know one guy was hurt one guy reasonable enough to get him to the playoffs or anything like that or put up some wins it's gonna be tough he could be a good target for like a team that does decent enough to not have an early draft pick and still kind of needs a quarterback that would be like the upside like of jimmy for me like if daniel jones doesn't work out for the giants and they have a decent enough schedule where they can still put up seven or eight wins and not have one of the early picks for the quarterback that could be a team that could go for him the bucks next year would be interesting because of the brady parallel yeah bucks the seahawks so with those values in mind if that were to happen what's like trey lance value for next year i was talking with papa about that earlier i was talking about that with nick earlier and i was talking about that with claire earlier yep <laughs> we're all talking about it there was a lot of talking about it yeah. <laughs> nobody was talking to me for the record <laughs> I don't want to talk to you guys anyway. Mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all mad about Amon. Yeah, we were talking about Amon Ra. Well, the way I was looking at Lance, like in regards to next year, I mean, I still have, like a big believer in the talent and the 49ers like situation with him there next year. The injury is obviously going to put a little bit of like uneasiness with that, but I, I'd say right now, like the 104 for next year would be about where I would value Trey Lance. Where earlier, you know, with him as the starter going in, I would have easily have taken him over the 101. But I, I think at this point, we're looking at B. John and two quarterbacks that are probably going to start Week One over him at this point. Like that's about the value I'd put him like the one for somewhere around Justin Fields. Yeah, it's something where it's going to be wondered about and it's going to just depend on what happens in the offseason with Jimmy G leaving and everything that goes along with that. I can't imagine them bringing in someone else to play over Trey Lance at that point if they had to let Jimmy G walk. No. So 49ers probably going to be a decent team next year? I would assume so. And it's not like the Seahawks are going to be great. So, I mean, their window is still here. So knowing, thinking that Trey Lance is the starter going into next year. How many situations can a rookie QB land if they're the week one starter where you want them more than Trey Lance? Yeah, then you do have the question of coming back off injury. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he's basically still a rookie, right? Mm -hmm. Goes into the next year at 23? Yeah, and it'd be his third season in the NFL as like mm -hmm. a redshirt, redshirt rookie. And has yet to play more than two games in a row. Yep. Keeping in San Francisco, we're, we were down with TDP. Now TDP is down. <laughs> I see you steal my lines. Is it because I took Noah Phantom last week? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking yours. I'm taking yours now. I liked it. I liked it. That was next line. I totally just <laughs> stole it right out from underneath him, but still equally as good. We know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> Excuse us while we have our punny moment. So TDP injured. He's down. We have Elijah Mitchell obviously injured. So we elevate none other than, wait for it, Marlon Mack. We know Henry is a huge fan of Marlon Mack if you've listened to previous podcasts. Um, do we think Marlon Mack holds any value whatsoever? Do we think he's even going to see the field at this point? If you still have him, ask all of your league mates. Henry, let's start with you. <laughs> I literally went through and cut all of my Marlon Mack at the, after Henry made it very clear, you should be cutting Marlon Mack. I was like, I'm going to do it. I've held out this far and I'm just going to do it. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me that they're elevating Marlon Mack right now? Well, you certainly shouldn't be playing Marlon Mack in any lineup. <laughs> So he's not even flex worthy at this point, Henry. No, no. if you if you add Marlon Mack 
Yeah, that's a bad ad still. Remember when they signed Carrion Johnson and elevated him to their active <laughs> roster? That's the situation here. Marlon Mack couldn't beat out Rex Burkhead in Houston for a roster spot, so he's not very good. Hey, Rex Burkhead is killing it. Not this week. Yeah, not this week. Nope, not no, this week. This week. He, had, he didn't get a single rushing attempt, so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're he right. killed it previously. Yeah. Once, which is more than Mac. Yeah, Past two. tense. Yep, I, I don't think Mac is noteworthy at all. Two guys had to go down for him to be elevated to be the third running back on the team. Jordan Mason, on the other hand. Yeah, still behind Jordan Mason, probably yeah. the undrafted kid. Maybe. And, I mean, what's Jermichael Hasty doing these days? Is he still in San Fran? Oh, Hasty in Jacksonville. Ah, uh, yes, Hasty is in Jacksonville. Yeah. All right, so I guess Hasty's out of the way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Who knows? But it will not be Mac. He might be on the practice squad. Maybe they just take him. And yeah, why don't they go sign a good running back? Yeah, like uh, Latavius Murray. Yeah, I think he just got signed by the Saints. Okay. But but uh, the guy for the guy for the Giants last year that like split with Barkley. Uh the guy from the Giants slash. He was on the Raiders beforehand, and he like took Devontae all Booker. Yeah, Devontae Booker. Yeah. yeah, he's a good running back. Sign him. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would that affect Marlon Mack? He goes back to practice squad. <laughs> if that. At that point, they cut him. <laughs> Marlon Mack is affected. Yeah, he, yes. He's like a 30-year-old a practice squad player. That's what he is. Yeah, mm -hmm. only 26 or something. Yeah, but he seems like he's 30. Ineffective Marlon Mack. <laughs> Let's move on from the Big Mac. The man made of glass, James Conner, we all worry about his his health constantly because he has had a history of injuries. Sounds like he does have an ankle injury, but maybe not serious. Yep, Daryl Williams looked good. He did. Yeah. He looked good on the Chiefs. He took a lot of Clyde's value. He, like, had the third most receptions of any running backs that year. Um, so, if Connor he might, like, miss another week or something. No idea who they play or anything. But he should be fine long term, it sounds like. Uh, TDP, we had mentioned him briefly. He was a high ankle sprain out a couple weeks. Obviously, nothing overly serious. We're looking at a couple weeks of downtime for TDP. Probably like six. High ankle sprains are pretty bad. Yeah, high ankle sprains will really mess with you for the season. Like Michael Thomas missed. Yeah, those are bad. He missed like most of that year with a high ankle sprain, and then yeah. resulting things from that. Saquon Saquon last year was a high ankle. Uh, the year before his uh, ACL was a high ankle sprain where he missed a bunch of games. Okay. So it's Jeff Wilson, Jordan Mason, and you can mostly ignore Marlon Mack. Big Mac. Yeah, the Jeff. Wilson mockers are like eating crow right now. Now that TDP went down, they're like Jeff Wilson is gonna while suck. While he's still alive, <laughs> yep, yep. While while he's playing, <laughs> but they miss Mostert and Hasty and Sermon right now. But I think like the 49ers running backs are typically a durable position, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, super durable. <laughs> they never get hurt. Brita in years past. <laughs> Mostert, yeah, Mostert. Zach Wilson trying to heal up from an MCL injury, probably not playing in week three but looking like it could be a return back in the near future however joe flacco has been playing some good football so do we feel like the jets are gonna take their time and kind of ride out the joe flacco ride here or are we trying do you think that they're trying to get zach wilson back asap they're not no reason to rush him back it's like week four or five Probably more like five, but yeah. Maybe even week four. This might, I mean, this might be the last week of Joe Flacco. Yeah. Might be a streamer this week, depending on your options, because it's first the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like it. We saw Mike White tear them up, and Cooper Rush do a pretty good job last week. So I like it. 
Yeah, they're looking really bad this year. Garrett Wilson kind of had a little mini breakout this week. With like 30 points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but this happened with Joe Flacco. Like, if it changes to Zach Wilson, how much do you think that changes the offense? It helps it. Do you think it's just different as far as, like, it might be more Elijah Moore targets or something along those lines? Or maybe a more run-based team? Joe Flacco, you know, he's going to dump it off lower. Like, when I saw that Brees Hall had 10 targets in the first week, that I was thinking, that's a Joe Flacco stat. That's not going to be a Zach Wilson stat. I'd say less checkdowns for sure. Mm-hmm. So that could lead to more Elijah Moore. But might have similar mm-hmm. amounts of checkdowns in the beginning while he's still finishing up healing up. This week, Brees Hall only had one target, but it was a touchdown. It's worth seven targets. Seven targets. <laughs> it didn't really necessarily translate over two weeks, but it was that way for one week, even though Michael Carter got, what, nine targets himself? So I don't know. It might be a kind of game planning, but I was just kind of curious how it might affect everything else going on there because Elijah Moore hasn't been super impressive so far was it week one i don't know how many attempts he had last week but it was probably a ton i think like flacco had like 61 attempts in one of those weeks i don't necessarily see them doing that with zach wilson in the first couple games back if they don't have to but we saw i mean same thing with like mike white last year where michael carter had like eight receptions a game i think zach wilson's definitely gonna check the ball down a lot less they could definitely coach that into him i think they kind of need to it's great to keep looking downfield but when your offensive line sucks you need to take the check down a lot more it's kind of like a Mahomes thing early in his career it was would never check the ball down check down would be like wide open and he just keep patting the ball waiting for downfield to be open 59 and 44 attempts yep yeah 59 and then 44 not quite 61 yeah close enough it's a lot of attempts so you have that many attempts it's going to be check downs maybe taking less sacks I haven't I don't really follow how frequently a quarterback gets sacked but I imagine Flacco has gotten sacked a lot less than Zach Wilson because of the willingness to get rid of the ball to the running backs definitely less than Burrow. Yeah, yeah, Burrow. Even though he's scored well, he's been far from flawless. Who, Burrow? Uh, Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah, Flacco. That's also not incorrect. Yeah, this game was wild. 37 for 59, that's 26 for 44. Yeah, flinging it. Flacco's flinging the ball. <laughs> you hope somebody catches some of them. <laughs> flinging it, Flacco. Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, that's a pretty sweet trio. And they got Corey Davis there, who does something every week to remind you that he still exists. So Yeah, he had the weird touchdown where it was like the Browns just like quit playing. They're like, we won this game. So they just like <laughs> let him go down the sideline. Kind of backdoored his way into some relevance, but he was not doing well up until that point. Corey Davis, sympathy touchdown. Yep, another weird <laughs> week of teams like just giving the other team the game be the better team and lose browns this week get that award don't they get that award a lot Uh, historically yes they're kind of pros yep so joe flacco definitely a player that has been a pleasant surprise on the season he's played really well these first two weeks while we're on the subject of pleasant surprise players let's go ahead and talk about some players who are performing better than you may have imagined going into the season or playing better than you could have hoped they would would play like Bob Ross, happy little trees, happy little players. Uh, Henry, let's start with you. Who's a player who is playing better than you had imagined they'd play? Uh, Garrett Wilson, for sure. I saw an interview where he was kind of talking about the game in Cleveland and the touchdown at the end. He cut that slant a little bit shorter. It's supposed to be like an eight yard in cut. Instead, he made it about a four. And it was that he is a developed already wide receiver. So he was able to see where the safety was sitting and the linebacker was under 
undercutting the route. So he's like, I just need to make my break earlier here to get open. So he's already understanding concepts in the NFL that a lot of guys still don't. I think he's very NFL ready right now. I know there were a lot of talks going into the year, especially on Twitter. A bunch of people were like hyping up Elijah Moore and kind of forgetting that Garrett Wilson got that draft capital. I likened it to the Jamar Chase T Higgins, where Chase gets the draft capital of number five the year after they take T Higgins in the second. And Higgins was good the year before. There's enough room on the field to play both of them. And Garrett Wilson goes 11th, obviously Elijah Moore's second rounder the year before. I would expect it to be a little more evenly split than it currently has been. But I do think Garrett Wilson is the better receiver already. Yeah, he had a monster game this week. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mike, you want to? Yeah, no, I agree with that with Garrett Wilson. I mean, I, I was with Nick on this one, too. I thought Elijah Moore would probably have more this year value. I know we're only two weeks in, but Garrett Wilson looks the part. A ton of targets this week, so it's looking good. I mean, hopefully we get a little bit more mobility, hopefully a little stronger arm with Zach Wilson coming back and that continues, but definitely pleasantly surprised with that. And rookie wide receiver that surprises me is a guy that I know a couple of us are pretty high on is a Dotson. I mean, I was higher on him than consensus. I obviously didn't expect him to score each week and put up the points he's putting up. It's really nice to kind of see Washington with this high-powered passing offense, especially since it's not a great team. So this is something that can, mm-hmm. that can kind of continue. I mean, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility to see Washington trying to throw for 300 yards a game because they're falling behind and getting beat down. I like it. Yeah, you mentioned it with the touchdowns. I don't think you're very happy with Dotson on any of these weeks if he doesn't get the touchdowns. Obviously, that's like saying with running backs, you know, you take away their 50-yard gain, you're not very happy. It's just a matter of how many times can he score because he's not going to score 17 times this year, I wouldn't imagine. Only getting like three catches a week. So be prepared for it if you play him. Yeah, I mean, I'm just definitely pleasantly surprised for a guy that was kind of pushed in the mid-second and even in some leagues. I like pushed, you know, past all of the receivers, even though he had the draft capital. Excited to see him do well. Yep. As it sits in PPR, Curtis Samuel, wide receiver nine, Dotson, wide receiver 17, and then McLaurin, wide receiver 30. Two commanders, wide receivers above McLaurin as it sits right now and pretty high. Yeah. Uh, definitely a good year for Curtis Samuel. A year early on Curtis Samuel, most of us were. I know Ufi and me liked him a lot. Luckily, has been sitting on my bench. No reason to cut him for anyone. But as long as he's healthy, hopefully he can stay healthy because he rarely does. That was uh, going to be my question jokingly is who has the best wide receiver trio in the league and why is it the Jets and the Commanders? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that year with the Panthers where they had like Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and some other guy. Who was their other guy? Curtis Samuel? Yeah, it was Curtis Samuel. Of course, of course it was Curtis Samuel. Oh my goodness. I did want to point out a couple things I found really interesting. As far as targets for this week, wide receiver four was Garrett Wilson. Wide receiver seven was Chris Olave. Wide receiver nine was Drake London, as far as most targets. Yeah, those Ohio State kids are ready to go. Yep. It'll be interesting to see when the wide receiver from Ohio State transfer and then go pro does when he's ready to go. Jameson Williams? Yes. I'm very excited for him. Yeah. Like, as far as the other rookies, I mean, we didn't touch on Traylon Burks at all, but I know his numbers aren't great. He, I mean, it's not like he's scoring touchdowns, but it is really nice to see him have, a, like, a solid involvement in the offense. People were worried about, like, the asthma and, you know, him and Cam. Just seeing him involved in that offense. I know Kenny Phillips week one kind of had a bit more of involvement, but, you know, with the fumbles. But it, it is nice seeing involvement early in the game. He didn't play as many snaps as Woods and NWI, but he did tie for lead in catches 
and led the team in targets. So it's encouraging for the future. Yeah, like the numbers aren't there now, but I think he's going to end up playing more, and I think we'll see that grow this year. So it's encouraging seeing him on the field, though. I think Noble had a cool stat for Olave. Yeah, so Olave, interestingly enough, leads right now in targeted air yards over all the wide receivers in the NFL. That's nice. Little fun fact. He's been the recipient of a lot of targets from Chuck at Deep Winston. <laughs> so and that has added up to a lot of air yards. So it's at least saying, you know, he comes down with a few more of these. Any one of these weeks, it could happen. All it's got to do is catch one of these or two of these, and it could make him more starting that week. So he could build on this week and then catch one ball that gets him another 14 points. Maybe somebody not paying a whole lot of attention to what's going on there kind of has this guy who's not accruing a ton of points. So is he a buy right now? Correct. So is Olave a good guy to go after thinking, hey, maybe I can buy low and then I have him as a breakout. But as soon as it happens, he could jump. But the odds that someone's wanting to bail now is unlikely. He was like a 10 and 12 point. Yeah. He hasn't had a touchdown. No, he hasn't scored above like 10 and a half yet. If you wanted to go turn like Dotson into Olave like straight, you could. If that's something that interests you, I don't know exactly how I'd feel about it. It's They're kind of like a wash almost. Would you do that? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but. To Henry's point, if someone thought it was a W to get Dotson for Olave and I could get something better in the second layer that I liked, I could justify making that kind of a move. Not necessarily just straight up a sideways move from rookie wide receiver to rookie wide receiver, but the fact that you could use it to leverage a second piece you liked. I like that. Before we leave Olave, I just wanted to say Michael Thomas is not dead yet. Yeah, Michael Thomas has been doing well. Putting up points. First two weeks, good points. Yeah, cool toe egg swag. I mean, did you have any doubts? What? Did you guys really doubt Michael Thomas? Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> did. <laughs> the injuries when he missed yeah. like a year and a half. But I feel like he was such a specimen prior to being injured so and I'm injured like green. there's no Way. Gina, I was getting, I was getting him in, the, I was getting him in like holiday range. Yeah, but he got benched yeah. for David Sills. I know so. people kind of forgot about yeah. the specimen that Michael Thomas was, and yeah. you could take advantage of that. Yeah, those list of people that you get in the first, you know, the startup round one of startup drafts. You know, you had Michael Thomas, you had DK Metcalf, and now you have Jefferson and Chase, and it just look how far they fall if they take a year. Or, you know, something happens. Yeah. So it's like when you put like your favorite frozen food in the freezer and then you forget about it for a long time and then you finally get to check on it and it hasn't quite expired yet and it's still awesome. That's what Michael Thomas is. But it's looking pretty frostbitten and you're not quite sure if you want to dive in no, or not. No, no, it's still good. It's pre-expiration. Good. good time to bail good. on Michael Thomas. Good time to sell that. Okay, 20 points a week not happening. So I'm looking at Michael Thomas going okay, if I don't have a win now team Maybe prime time to sell Michael Thomas while he is relevant Absolutely. and go out and and get some key players mm -hmm. for my rebuild. Turn him into Chris Olave. Yeah. Absolutely. One thing that I'm always very um, thoughtful of is waiting in win now teams to go out and buy veterans like right before trade deadline or the playoffs. Mm -hmm. That way they're not hurt mm -hmm. going into the playoffs because you go buy Michael Thomas now for your win now team and then he gets hurt week eight. You're like, I just wasted all my good capital and now I don't have a win now piece. Alternatively, make sure you sell your vets before they get hurt and be
before teams don't want them anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I don't, I don't need an IR rider. Thank you. Uh, but like right now, there's probably ten teams at least that think they still have a chance. Each week that goes by, there'll be another team that thinks they might not have a chance. You know. So if you wait all the way to the trade deadline, it's pretty clear who's probably the people competing and who's the people not. And there's more on that market for win now pieces right now than there will be at the trade deadline. So I mean, you don't want to get into the point where you have six teams that are trying to buy players from two teams at the trade deadline. That's just going to create a bidding war, and you're going to end up overpaying at that point. Yeah. Last year, I know there was a situation where I was borderline playoffs. I didn't think I was going to make it in one of Papa's leagues, and then I snuck in, and I had Derek Henry go down. So I knew I needed to address the running back position, uh, and I had, like, Clyde, and he was off and on hurt. So I really needed some running backs. And I went out and got, like, Aaron Jones and Melvin Gordon for, like, a first and a third at the deadline, which when the pick is, like, 110, it's, like, for Aaron Jones, you know, now if that pick were Dotson or Olave or someone, it's, like, you know, maybe I'd rather have Olave or Dotson than Aaron Jones, but Aaron Jones is still a good piece, and uh, the guy had to sell lower than he wanted to, for sure. Especially in a max points for league, it becomes more clear about where that pick's going to be the more games that are played. So there's a little bit more mystery, like you buy a middle pick and it ends up being early by the time the season's over, whereas when you get to the deadline, you kind of know where that pick's at. At the deadline, I sold my first for Aaron Jones in a league last year. Now that probably means that was Dotson and I have Aaron Jones, which eh, definitely for the future, I want Dotson, but somewhat even exchange where you can buy a, a vet at the deadline from someone who knows they're eliminated or in a rebuild. With the Max PF Leagues, one of the cool things about rebuilding is you can literally select where you're going to pick in next year's draft. I mean, you have full control over that in the Max PF League. It's not like you can accidentally squeak by a matchup or whatever. You can actually you can trade away enough to definitely get to where you need to be by getting the IR players and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, moving on with um, some more surprise players. Finally seeing Bateman breaking out. Rashad Bateman has had a couple of good games, had a, had a great game this week. I think it's worth mentioning Devin Duvernay as well for Baltimore wide receivers. He left, obviously, last week with a concussion, so we're not sure um, if he'll be playing next week or not. But Bateman and honorable mention on Duvernay. I mean, it was a little frustrating last year with Bateman, um, but this year I feel like it's kind of coming to fruition if you were patient that Bateman is finally getting those targets and doing something with it. Devin DuVernay would have blown up if you're in a kick return league because that's where six of his points came from in other leagues when he returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Otherwise, he only had two catches. Uh, He did leave or whatever. Prochet didn't play. (laughs) Prochet, okay. Yeah, well. Not okay. That's part of where it's like, so DuVernay, when you look at his stats, it's like, holy cow, good week, 12 points last week. He looks like he might be actually playable. I think it's kind of like an illusion. Yep, I agree. It's not every week that that's going to happen. I know we're really supposed to be talking about uh, Bateman, but we sold Duvernay in one league over the weekend. Pop and I did. We did. Our co-managed league. And I liked Duvernay. Yep. He had two touchdowns last <laughs> week. Yeah, but we also have Bateman, yeah. who had his breakout. The year before Bateman was drafted, I liked uh, Duvernay as a stash, and I had him on, on some taxis sitting around, and I was always hopeful for him. They got to get a shot, and even me, who's probably the highest person on Duvernay going into this year, sell him. There was a report in the offseason where it's like, he looks like the wide receiver two for Baltimore. And at that point, he kind of jumped up to where he's like rostered in like 60-ish, 70-some-ish percent of leagues. And then there was a 
a report that it was like Prochet. So then his went up, but then Prochet has been hurt. So I've been keeping him on IRs where I can find a way to, to slide him in there just because I don't know for sure how that's going to work out. But how it did work out this week is one really long play for Bateman, which helped his breakout. But Lamar looked awesome. Oh my gosh, Lamar looked so good. Kind of curious. Would you prefer Lamar to Burrow? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a thousand times over. And I would not have said that before this season yeah. started. We definitely, I, we got to swap I was him. not a Lamar person. Guys, Burrow is scaring me so it's bad. It's not even Burrow that should be scaring you. It's the, how many times he's getting sacked. That offensive line, just that whole team right now. They got beat up by Cooper Rush. Which didn't that didn't that happen year one to Burrow, and that's how he yeah. got injured because his his O line was just not protecting him, and he was being beat up, and he ended up hurt. And then he had a great season last year, and here we I are might again. Be little, I might be a little off on this, but he was like sacked the most in the NFL last year, and he's on pace for like double this year already. I mean, we're only two weeks in, but he's getting Ugh. beat the hell up out there, and it's not looking great. Yeah, it's bad. Bad. Yeah, honestly, I think I might still prefer Burrow to Jackson, and it's just a current weapons thing, right? When you talk about Lamar, it's the way you're going to get fantasy points from Lamar is hopefully the rushing, right? You're going to get a rushing touchdown that's worth six instead of four in a lot of formats. The rushing yards are obviously worth a lot more than the passing yards, but if you don't get one of those crazy Lamar you know, 60-yard rushing touchdown that he had this week or whatever it was, and Burrow starts to, like, actually link up with Chase and Higgins more. I th I still like the Chase Higgins a lot more than I like Bateman and Duvernay. I kind of guess you'd say the contract. The contract is interesting. I, Lamar is going to get paid somewhere. It doesn't mm -hmm. really matter where. So uh, that doesn't really concern me a whole lot. If they're going to pay him, I sure hope they use him the way he's supposed to be used, wherever he goes, if it's not Baltimore. Yep. It will be interesting with Dobbins back if they can actually get some, some of the ground game going from the running backs and if that'll change some of the passing game on that team because it's been gross honestly their run blocking just looked awful though it wasn't like Kenyon drake was like slow it's like he was hitting the backfield as he got the ball every time obviously it didn't look great but wasn't like all on the runner the runner as much as it was the run blocker i am definitely ready to <laughs> ask you about the dolphins because wow tua so Tua goes for 469 yards nice. and six touchdowns, <laughs> Nice, which is just ridiculous. This is a guy who people were fading till the very end of the quarterbacks. Like, I don't want him. I mean, he was basically like, you know, a dirty, stinky, poop-filled underwear or something. Nobody wanted to touch it. Very descriptive. <laughs> except, except, did you like that? <laughs> except for Mike. Mike believed he was a two a truther. Huge. He's got, speaking of weapons, he's got Waddle and he's got Tyreek and he is using them um, amongst other people. Who's not getting the ball? Gaskin is the only person who hasn't touched the ball in Miami. Healthy scratch. We'll go there when, when we can talk about my ray of sunshine and then you can blame me for Gaskin. But seriously, Tua looks awesome. Like this is exciting. This is the exciting times when like a quarterback actually starts connecting and playing and doing really cool things out there so yeah we we're liking Tua right now yeah but we're a little late on liking Tua if you now is not the time to buy him after he puts up 44 <laughs> point, 50 points <laughs> no no like somebody got 
got a really yeah. good deal on Tua, and they are going to turn around and they are going to sell him for ridiculous yeah. amounts of money. His return on investment is going to be like ridiculous. I know you said I'm very high on Tua, but I'm totally throwing him on the block after this game. I mean, I, I, I love Tua. I loved him as a prospect. I like the situation he's in. But if I have an opportunity to sell high on a game like that, that I that's just unlikely to happen again for any quarterback in the league. I'm, I'll, I'll do that. I think you have almost no time to do it. Yeah. Because I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that he doesn't put up 40 points next week versus the Buffalo Bills. But then it reopens no. against the Bengals and Jets. So you get another window. <laughs> yeah. You get a window of two weeks. So yep. ride the ride while you are at peak value. I know we're not talking about Jalen Hurts, but this was one of my always big things on Jalen Hurts was the reason he transferred was because Tua, right? Tua came in and was simply better than Jalen Hurts. And we kind of saw it this week, right? At Alabama, he had like Judy and Ruggs and other amazing wide receivers that were first-round picks and I'm blanking on Devonta Smith. So obviously last year when it was just the Jalen Waddle show and he didn't really have anyone else to throw the ball to, he didn't look great. And now they revamped the O-line, revamped the receivers, got a new coach, which it wasn't really Brian Flores' fault, but they have an offensive-minded coach. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you look at Hertz and he obviously put up great fantasy points. Did get two rushing touchdowns, right? And the week before, we saw a bunch of those get vultured by Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders. <laughs> I like how the running backs are vulturing Hertz touchdowns. Yeah, it's weird. It, it, <laughs> yeah. It's weird with Hertz, right? Because you expect him to get a rushing touchdown every right. week. It's like kind of what you rely on. Uh, like this week, for example, if he didn't get the rushing touchdowns, right? If he went down at the one, which one of them was close on a diving effort, like he's at 23 points, which is still a QB1 still good for fantasy but it's not it's not what Tua was uh, even with the rushing touchdown yeah. so it's just a different type of player right Tua's not going to be the mobile go get you rushing touchdowns but I think we could see him start to light up the passing game well he's been one of few that are actually good quarterbacks this year a little different than normal you were talking about a stat earlier do you want to share that about the quarterbacks different amounts of QB ones yeah like last year we had 47 different quarterback ones like a top 12 quarterback on any given week we had 47 uh this year we're already at like 19 because of week one there was like a tie between Mariota and someone else russell wilson i think but we haven't seen rogers or brady be a quarterback one in any given week so there's gonna be some weeks where two is not a qb1 and even weeks where hurts isn't a qb1 so in the game of quarterback supremacy it's like is Tua going to be a top option most weeks? I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be his only quarterback one performance of the year. So if you can treat him like a quarterback one mm-hmm. in trade, like, like Burrow, yeah, in mm-hmm. trade, if you can treat him like he's Joe Burrow or he's Kyler Murray or he's Jalen Hurts or something, then go ahead. And I, I've always been one to have Tua ranked over Jalen Hurts just because I, I know between those two that Tua is the better quarterback. Now, whether or not he's better for fantasy, probably not at all times. But definitely interesting uh, to see how this goes with Tua because they have Tyreek on a new contract. They have Waddle on his rookie contract. It's kind of like Burrow with Chase and Higgins where he has two weapons locked in for a very long time. Uh, Tua could could be good for a couple years here. As long as they don't get Brady. Those guys are so fast. And they're great yards after the catch, guys, that you can just get the ball like even, a, even on a quick throw that they can take to the house. That fourth and six play, or the fourth and four, whatever it was, on the slant to Waddle where Mike McDaniel was talking about it after the 
the game and he's like yeah uh the play was not designed to get a touchdown it was like a six yard slant route that we had drawn up for the first down and he turned it into a 58 yard touchdown or something it's like that's you know 11 points for Tua when he really should have only gotten like 0.5 yeah but he's, <laughs> he's got two guys that can do that on any given play just because of how yep. fast they are and how great they are with the ball yeah yeah probably if you could sell him at like a qb1 like a like a kyler type of thing do it but don't get rid of him just to get rid of him he's probably going to have a decent year with that setup and decent couple of years yeah. is kind of my point uh the waddle tyreek thing's going to be interesting though you're going to play the wrong one a lot of weeks we saw with ajb and devonta smith this week we're like i don't think ajb had the best of weeks fantasy wise probably had an okay week but it, it was like devonta smith goosed in the first week and then ajb was awesome and then ajb held a little less and i think devonta had a better week or whatever hill and tyreek aren't going to put up 30 a game each one of them might have a 30 point game and then not the other one so speaking of tua on his high let's segue into our next segment which is talking about some maybe unpleasant surprises <laughs> which may be tua in week three against the bills the bills made Tannehill look like he's never played football before they're tough their defense is stout they're amazing speaking of Tannehill and the titans we got to see a little bit of malik surprise player like did we see that coming i'm not sure maybe once he was negative six points and they were losing incredibly bad uh why not let's throw in little malik how did you guys feel malik looked out there i know he didn't score a touchdown he didn't do a whole lot but what what was your thoughts on malik a sneak peek of malik yeah <laughs> ah <laughs> oh, we might have our tagline for the show. To be honest, we didn't see anything out of Malik that would would give us any information in any way. He handed the ball off a couple of times. He, he attempted a couple of passes. There was nothing going on there. Nothing to thrill us yeah. with Willis. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're here all day. Yeah. We can just keep going. I'm stuck between this right now. <laughs> Mike is in a Henry and Nick sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's very punny over there. But, but we did expect this. I did say it last week. We we're going to see him. And and how about Tannehill? I mean, is it that the Bills defense is just that good? Or is Tannehill losing his magic? They're just getting spanked. So we're not worried about Tannehill? I think the Bills are just so good. I mean, Stafford looked awful. And the Titans should have won week one. I know should has no place in football. But Fat Randy makes that kick. And they're good. Fat Randy? Is that's that his a name. That, that, that's actually Randy Bullock's nickname name is fat randy oh okay. a little politically incorrect overweight bullet is oh. it with a ph or something no just just, just fat because he's like 511 240 or something the thicker kicker <laughs> i don't think they should have won week one yeah right right um, they have a rookie returner that fumbles they can't get the run game going against a, a supposed worst team in the league they, they deserve that loss sad kyle phillips noises yeah two weeks in a row with the fumbles huge involvement week one uh, yeah giants undefeated not for long but yeah i'm very excited about that. You got to see it. I did. Get Cooper Rush next week. Maybe maybe for long. Actually, they might take this week, but might. this team is winning games, but it's not. They're not winning games. It's not looking pretty. Hopefully it comes together. I'm a little, a little nervous. <laughs> Henry, I forgot about Cooper Rush. We didn't talk about him um, in our surprise players, but <laughs> he, he did good out there. He held his own. I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod last week, but he is the reason Mike White is in New York on the Jets and not in Dallas. Mm -hmm. He beat out Mike White for that job. You definitely mentioned that. <laughs> right. So obviously, I think Cooper Rush is a good enough backup. It's the reason they didn't trade for anyone, add anyone.
one. They're pretty confident in him. They interviewed Garrett about him, but he said that Cooper Rush has like one of the coolest heads on his shoulders. And watching the game was weird. Like he'd throw a touchdown and just like walk back like a robot to the sideline. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be okay for fantasy. Maybe a good play against the Giants next week, right? A weird world where Cooper Rush and Joe Flacco are better options than... <laughs> some of you know your good quarterbacks right like uh rogers even against the bucks next week i might roll out joe flacco over aaron Rodgers. i don't know yeah things you don't have on your 2022 bingo card in the nfl nope he might be cooper patience but i'm not gonna rush to conclusions <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if he'll be a good play next week we have thibodeau back baker didn't look right Tannehill didn't even look right they couldn't get a run game going against them either team but uh, have fun with that one so let's not rush into it yeah but he could be adequate but i i mean like i'd rather play flacco yeah this week yeah 100 rather play flacco okay so darnell mooney and cole Kmet. there's passing games yeah there you go wow huge like what is happening i mean not even fantasy relevant right now it's it's really bad do we see these guys having any relevance i mean is it just a matter of kind of getting into it and and getting the passing game going and then we're like oh there they are i mean do these guys even play on the team anymore <laughs> what is happening major disappointment Fields has more rushing attempts on the year than he does completions <laughs> he has 19 rushing like, attempts and 15 bad? completions fields is not that bad i mean he's just not a passer yet i, I don't know it's it's weird he's not had pass play calls right i mean like he's only had yeah but he only had a handful of dropbacks last week and then he played in a monsoon the week prior so yeah oh man more attempts in the monsoon mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like shooting darnell to the mooney but it's like it landed on your foot <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's right we were supposed yeah. to be shooting him to the mooney and instead we're digging a hole to china right now and yeah, we're digging through the fields <laughs> <laughs> fields is digging a hole it's tough to judge just based on two weeks but i mean at the same time what, what did we expect they left last season just losing like Allen Robinson and they've added nobody. Yeah. Double digit completions I was expecting. They somehow got like a a worse receiver core than last year. Mm -hmm. Last year it was abysmal. And like their tight end box score and their team game plan, no commit. None. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty bad. What the heck? It's really concerning. Yeah, it's weird. It was like last year was like no touchdowns. It's like ah, the problem this year will be no anything. (laughs) Nothing. He's playing 84% of snaps and he has one target each week. I think it's just the lack of passing attempts. They got to change that. They lost, what, 27 to 10 last week, and David Montgomery ran for 90 yards. Like, cool, but you're losing by 17 points. Like, he ran for six to carry. Great job, Montgomery, but somehow you guys are still losing. So, pass the ball. So, instead of no soup for you, it's no passes for you. Yeah. Like, are we allowed to say that? <laughs> no. 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 I because then you have to follow it with I, the word Nazi. I didn't say the word. I didn't say the word. We can try transition from your questionable statements by talking about the pits of misery. Yes. So speaking of tight ends that don't perform (laughs) the pits. Oh boy. Kyle Pitts. Let me tell you, this is the first time that I have been approached with a trade for Kyle Pitts 
that doesn't involve giving up any asset on my team. And I'm like, whoa, Kyle Pitts has finally reached Earth. So yeah, Kyle Pitts definitely not performing to the level of draft capital. Specifically for redraft. Oh my gosh, so bad for redraft. So, and people really either in an auction draft spent a ton of money on him or took him way up at the top when you could have had other players that are way outperforming him. So major loss on Kyle Pitts right now. We think this might turn around. I mean, you hope so. But at the same time, last year, there was nobody else to catch passes on that team. It was just him. And now you have Drake London, a different quarterback that's kind of runs a little bit more. So things are going to be a little different. Probably He was probably going to see a, a lesser target share anyway. Obviously, he didn't expect to be this bad this early, but hopefully he does turn it around. Yeah, uh, Kadero Hodge and Olamide's Ikeas are just too good. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, nothing going for Pitts right now. Yeah, he's going to be the number two target on the team, or the number one, him and uh, Drake London, obviously. Brian Edwards, I don't think he's playing football anymore, so that's a positive sign for Kyle <laughs> uh, Pitts. <laughs> and a positive sign for good play on the field. Yeah, <laughs> stale bread words. Yeah. I mean, is, is it a matter of Pitts just not being open and available? No, it's not available. Yeah, probably the attention to the defense. No offensive player for fantasy has had more snaps week one and week two than Mariota and then Kyle Pitts. So he's out there more than anybody. So the opportunities are there. He has been targeted here and there, but it hasn't been touchdowns and it hasn't been super pretty. London got the touchdown, so now it's like, oh man. But I think for once, like Noble said, you can actually buy Pitts at a reasonable price. Now, if you're trying to win this year, that's going to be kind of ballsy given what you've seen so far but knowing the snap percentage I mean like he's out there so it could turn around but more so if I was thinking next year if I could actually acquire Pitts if it's Pitts to someone I've always loved and always wanted to have he might be as affordable as he's ever going to be right now yeah well it really is the Pitts <laughs> it's a hard decision <laughs> stinky, stinky Pitts, pits. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we literally share a brain. It's really weird. <laughs> it's horrifying. All right, let's finish this up. Speaking of stinky pits with Akers and Henderson. Luckily, Akers was on the board this past week. Akers coming back from an Achilles injury, which arguably a lot of people are out there like running backs can't come back from Achilles injuries. He's never going to be the same. So there's a, there's a lot of that talk on one side of the camp. There's other people on the other side of the camp that are like, you know, he'll be fine. Modern day technology and medicine, he's going to be fine, whatever. Henderson's snap shares went down. Acres obviously went up a little bit. So do we see a transition happening? Do we have the faith? Is it there that we're just easing Acres in? This is what we needed to see to feel a little better that Acres will eventually be the go-to. I mean, he went up from what, what, three snaps to more than three, so that's good. <laughs> well, I mean, he went from zero to something. I got you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I'm definitely encouraged by this week. I'm not getting overly excited, but it's encouraging, right? It is possible to get worse, though yeah. he didn't. He could have went to zero. <laughs> but 
but he could. He could. I mean, it could have been a repeat of week one. It could have been, and it wasn't. He he got the ball a lot more times, even though he didn't do too much with it. He he got targets in the in the passing game, which is nice to see. Yeah, it's frustrating, and I hope they're just taking it slow with him. I'm still buying him. He's he costs like nothing right now. He's the better of the two backs. I wanted to make sure I brought up that Mike, your suggestion to that he could be bought for a second. I went and sent in every single league to see. Well, every single league that he wasn't on you or Henry's team. I appreciate you <laughs> sending me that. that a, a yeah. Because he was in like a third of my leagues, you guys have him, but yeah. I sent a second in all the other leagues. I got one acres added to the squad go. for a second. But Mike, you got an even better deal. Yeah, I sent a second and then yeah. he countered. He's like, nah, that's not good. And he sends me, he wants AJ Dillon for me and then he gives me Zeke and Akers. <laughs> Zeke has sucked so far has. from a fantasy point perspective, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he's uh, done yet. No, I just think it was a slow start. I literally feel like Zeke sucks at the beginning of the season every year because I always somehow <laughs> manage to have some Zeke and I always panic and then all of a sudden it's yeah, like, oh, he there seems he is. Like start, start slow and like even if you look at like his yards per, his yards per carry, yes. it's like on par with where he's been the last few years anyway. So it's not like he's mm-hmm. like he's yeah, not less and then of, all of a sudden yeah, he comes around. It's not like he's running the ball like 2.9 yards a carry. He's still over four, which he has been like right around where he has been the last couple of years. He's just as efficient, so I'm not concerned. I think the game plan will change a little mm-hmm. bit. Cooper killed the rushing game. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, Pollard only had like two carries last week, and Zeke had like 15. He's still the primary runner. He's on pace for almost 1,000 yards again this year, but if he doesn't score or get receptions, it won't matter for fantasy because <laughs> if you put up 60 yards a game and uh, get 1,000 yards, you'll be RB late RB2 or something. To end on a on a fun little note, I don't make many trades. I do. I have been known to make trades. You can get me to make trades, but Nick was so excited that he did get me to make one crappy little trade. <laughs> he was like, "Oh my God, Noble actually traded with me." I don't even remember who it was because it was like you needed a tight end, and I was oh, it was Nico. Nico for Noah Fant. Phantom. It's not necessarily a trade I want to brag about or I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I like Noah Fant still. Me too. I have Kittle, who's on IR and no other tight end. And Noble hops on there, picks up three tight ends, and I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta trade for a tight end. <laughs> it's gotta be bad. My Eva bad <laughs> Listen, I am like a tight end hoarder, I'm not gonna lie. I love tight ends, but also, you just never know with tight ends, and you pick these, like, look at Everett right now. I love Everett. Give me all the Everett, but I have him because I picked him up like randomly in places and I'm like, dude's killing it. I mean, yeah. So you just never know which tight end is going to hit. So if there's anybody with any type of relevance and I have room, I'm picking him up. Hooper and so Hurst in years past for Papa. Yeah. I mean, Hurst was an awesome well, stash when they drafted Kyle Pitts. He was on waivers everywhere. Everett was my this year stash. Yeah, the one I, I was have... taking late in the rounds. I mean, Jared Cook was relevant at like 35 years old on the Chargers and they were Forever. And they replaced him with Everett. Forever. Obviously, a more athletic person who's not on the verge of retirement should be at least at least as productive. Yep. Like I feel like the tight end position is the one position you don't really have to care about age because they play them until they retire and they're relevant. Mm-hmm. And you can find them every year. They're only as relevant though as the team makes them. Look at like uh, the Dolphins this year, where the tight ends aren't really used heavily. Mike Gusecki. He scored. 
<laughs> he actually did well this week. It just took two a scoring forty to do it. He did score, but like without that score, we're looking at what are we looking at? Four yep. points. Yeah. 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 If he didn't score, yeah, yeah. it was not a good if week. If he took like uh, you know any of those players and put them on a team that'll that uses the tight end, that that's where it'll look good. Tyler Conklin absolutely free and is another good start this week. Oh. Can we make a petition to make fullbacks tight ends for fantasy? They might actually be playable, mm-hmm. like Xander Horvath or like Kyle <laughs> Ushak or someone. Mm-hmm. Like I'd play him over some of these goose eggs I'm getting out of Dalton Schultz or even Pitts at this point. Xander Horvath is outscoring Pitts. Was that the Bills guy whose name began with a G? That's Reggie Gilliam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. What I was like, who is this but- guy? He's helping nobody. <laughs> yeah, Xander Horvath. Uh, he's got two touchdowns already. And who doesn't love a guy with the last name Horvath? <laughs> Before we go, just as we all predicted, the number one player in fantasy football after two weeks, Stephon Diggs. Oh my God. I, I digs him so much. Just as we all predicted. <laughs> Better than all the quarterbacks and everything, Stephon Diggs. 35 points a game. I love him. I do love Stephon. I don't have enough of him. And Amon Ross St. Brown, the third best non quarterback. Oh, oh, we didn't cow. even talk about my man, Amon Ross. We're out of time. Oops. Look at uh, Nick. Nick is like, oh, shucks, uh, we're out of time. Shucks. <laughs> and uh, Clyde Edwards Lair RB5, as we all predicted. <laughs> But wait, Nick, you admitted to me the other day mm-hmm. that he was looking and doing better than you expected him to do mm-hmm. at this point, didn't you? Yes. Admittedly, he has done even better than I would have expected to begin the season with them using their first pick in the NFL. Second pick? Lineman, who was their first pick. Yeah, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson number two, then JMO like 11 or whatever. Hutch was their first pick. Yeah, okay. The amount of stuff you guys can remember is so impressive. They used a first round pick, even if it wasn't their very first pick, on a wide receiver. And they traded up from 32 to do it. They traded up a ton to go get Jameson Williams, so. An important thing to them, even though we haven't seen it, and it's a lot of what have you done for me lately, there's that looming Jameson eventually. Yep. Now, if Amon is just blowing up and he's this year's Cooper Cup, you know, doesn't mean they're like, you know what, Jameson, just get all the way healthy. I don't know, man. I think it's something where Amon is going to be riding high. And I did not, like Noble said, expect it to be this high. It was coming off so many good games in a row to end the season and then starts the season and Jameson Williams isn't playing for the first while. So it's not crazy to think that he'd be doing well. Yes, it was a surprise that it is this well, but I think it's something where it could be not worth what it is today a year from now. We'll see. But uh, Chark is also on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It's a good point. So there is a world where Amon Ra just keeps going this year. I mean, obviously, like not two touchdowns a game, but he could have a role on a, a significant primary role on that offense for the rest of the year. Yeah, this slot guy for a couple of years. Like I could have been wrong on that, and I'll take that loss. But he's looking great. Yep, and it's not that he's bad. No, the argument. It was always that he was drafted well above like Gabe Davis, who I comped his value to being close to. Someone who is not the main piece, or you wouldn't think would be the name main piece in an offense, but could be a good auxiliary piece. And, you know, Gabe Davis sweet misses this week. Amon Ra, top ten most valuable. Most valuable player. Asset and fantasy through two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is an interesting point on Jamison because 
they've always been saying that he's like a future asset and a like they're going to be conservative with it if the lions somehow are like making a weird playoff push maybe they push him back earlier if they're like out of it maybe they rest him longer i think the plan was always just let him fully heal and then whenever he's actually ready he'll play so if that's week eight if, that, if the timetable was going to be week 8, I think it's going to be week 8. If the timetable was week 12, I think it's going to be week 12. I don't think they're going to adjust it based on the offense or whatever. But how disappointing would it be for Amon Ra to ride you to a great record in the playoffs? Yep, yep. And, and Jamison. then Jamison Williams comes back for the playoffs. How great would it be to pull Jamison Williams off your taxi and win your championship? <laughs> I just, that's the only hesitation with like going out and like, oh, Amon's blowing up. Go buy him. I just worried for the end of the season. You know what I mean? Because if you're going to buy him, it's going to be a high price. Yep. So for me, like if given the option, I would rather cash him out at what his value is. But in all reality, maybe just hold and then cash him out later, but sooner than later. I'm, I'm over here thinking, okay, the, the common sense side of me, and I am no coach and I don't claim to be, and I don't know half of the crap that goes on like you guys do, but the logical, I'm going to say logical side of me says you build a rapport with a player on the field who is absolutely crushing it, right? He did this last season, late in the season. He's continuing it. There's obviously a rapport on the field. You're going into the most important part of the season. Why stop that momentum? Why put a player in there who's been injured and has built no rapport because he's been injured and stop that momentum when you could continue that ride, get through the season at the very least? least and then start putting that other player in going into next season where they can start building relationship. I think if you know anything at this point that even when JMO comes back, it doesn't mean Amon Ra is just not going to play. He's yep. obviously proved that he's going to be a part of that offense. So for what you're saying there, similar to it, that Amon Ra has proved he's going to be a part of that offense. The risk is that the icing on the cake is kind of scraped off when JMO's there. Instead of being player number five overall in fantasy points scored maybe he's not quite that high once jmo comes back so that's only the risk like just don't go and trade justin jefferson for amon ross st brown yeah definitely don't do that yeah i don't think i would do that anyway <laughs> to what noble was concerned about like when jmo comes back and he's healthy if that's this year it's not like it's kicking amon off the field it's going to be chark amon Ra, and it's kicking josh reynolds or Khalif Raymond off the field for JMO. So I think he's a no-brainer addition to the offense if and when he's healthy. But yeah, it could be a meritocracy sort of situation, like with the Giants for Galladay's bench for David Sills. Maybe we see Chark benched for Reynolds or someone weird. Uh, yeah, Chark put up a nice goose egg this week. I don't think he's a bad player. Galladay's bad. At least I got a picture of Galladay running on the field for, for his last game. <laughs> for his last that, game. That's rare. Yeah, it's an NFT now. <laughs> it only happens like three times the whole game. We started this with the upside of Goff for quarterbacks, like, you know, going up there and then we go to Henry with the, a potential Lions playoff run. I mean, they played the Eagles a lot tighter than the Vikings did, so it's, oh, it's yeah. definitely hard to judge where teams are right now in the season. A lot of things are going to change, right? Teams see what teams have done in the first two weeks and they're like, oh, that's their offense. We know how to defend it now or whatnot, but the Lions look yeah, okay. I joked last week, how many weeks are the Lions going to score? 30? Well, apparently 
apparently the first two every week every, every week <laughs> every single week golf qb1 well regardless we can feel confident that amon ra is the sunshine on a rainy day the sun king yep so on that note we are officially out of time we've been out of time but we need to say farewell for this podcast as always we appreciate everybody who listens and tunes in week after week we would love for you to share and to like our podcast and to definitely subscribe so you don't miss a minute of this fun and it is fun and it's free to subscribe it's free you don't have to pay anything it's free friends only fans only family only whoa henry what is happening over there oh nothing (laughs) he's plugging his fridge in yeah all right on that note we are out we look forward to getting back up with you guys next week with all the crazy fantasy football news hooking back up with chisco (laughs) hooking back up with chisco we got him (laughs) thank you henry i totally would have forgot that one buy sell trade plants wait we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true no we don't (laughs) (laughs) good night peace out later wow we lost papa no you kicked me out he kicked he kicked me out (laughs) he kicked me out you're fired canceled (laughs) just thought i was backstage i was getting fired you're like what did i do